been talking a lot about Bible prophecy, all of the horrors that are going to happen upon the earth, the judgment of God, the wrath of God being poured out upon the ungodly. You know, you want to know what else is included there in Bible prophecy, <laughs> especially when Jesus compares to the end time. He compares it to Noah and Lot. As it was in the days of Noah and Lot, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. It says they will be marrying and giving in marriage. And I know some of you single people are like, hallelujah, praise God. We're in the end time generation. It's here and now. They're going to be giving and giving in marriage. I'm laying hold to that. I'm going to get married. I think I'm serious. People take that seriously. You know, it's not really for the church in that moment. It's talking about the world will be doing a lot of things normally that it would normally do, such as marrying and giving in marriage. You know, there's going to be a lot of chaos going on, but they're still going to be marrying. That's right, because we can't stop love. (laughs) Now, there's other scriptures, you know, that uh, are for the church, for the saint. But, hey, if you want to lay hold to that prophecy and motivate you to get married, I am perfectly fine with that. I mean, I observed it. Look, I observed this during the, uh, in the wake of COVID-19 and the lockdown. I, I t- you know, people, we were running out of toilet paper in all the stores. No toilet paper. Everybody thought they were going to get diarrhea. So there was a big toilet paper run. Be- before there was a bank run or a run on cash or anything like that, people were uh, stocking up on toilet paper. Uh, there was meat shortages. Uh, gas prices were doing unusual things, right? But then I look in my, in my news feed on social media and and just in talking to people, people that were single, it's like, boom, all of a sudden they're in a relationship. Like, wow. And I have a theory on that. I just think that, that people thought it's the end of the world and people need to marry and, get, and be given in marriage. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and you know, I, I was uh, talking to somebody who's in the catering business, and they said catering is absolutely popping right now. And companies that host events, I mean, their business is just booming. Got a very busy schedule, and it's for weddings. Uh, Right now in this uh, late summer, early fall season, people are getting married. Because a lot of weddings, you know, got canceled last year, and they just rescheduled them for a year out, not knowing what's going to happen. Thankfully, a lot of regulations, not all of them, uh, have lightened up a little bit, and people are able to enjoy starting their lives together with a beautiful wedding, and that's not much to ask for. Uh, Marriage is a beautiful thing. Before marriage, there's a wedding. Before a wedding, there's an engagement. Before engagement, there is dating. And before dating, there is talking. And before talking, there is stalking. (laughs) All of those things mixed together are working out for the good for those who Love God, called according to his purpose, and want to get married. (laughs) To form what we call around here a healthy relationship. You're listening to the Justin C. Gleason podcast. It's available on Apple Pie and Spot in Your Eye (laughs) and many other podcast platforms. Uh, Please consider clicking that follow button. Leave us a great review and rating. And share this message with your friends. This podcast is sponsored by absolutely no one. It's up to the free will giving of the loyal listeners. You can give through Cash App, PayPal, and Venmo. 
see the links below to give. You know, we give out of our own hearts usually. Like I, I like to tip people, especially nowadays since the pandemic. I, I find myself just tipping, tipping, tipping. Anytime somebody's doing something of value that I find enjoyable, a benefit to me, give them a little extra. That's how you can think of it uh, when giving to this podcast, as a tip. Or sometimes God simply speaks to you an amount to give. I first learned to hear the voice of God through giving. God would move upon my heart to give a certain amount to a missionary or to an evangelist. And I found that any time I would do that, a great blessing would soon happen thereafter. And if God speaks to you amount to give, uh, you should do it. Give it. I believe God will bless you. Podcasting is the future. In your car, we could drive for a million miles. I don't even care about it. In my mind, I'm 17. relationship stuff is taken from um, the uh, I just turned up my gain here hopefully I've had good volume controls for the for this recording anyway but a healthy relationship is taken from those dating um, websites those dating apps and I've I've you, you see them in the commercials you know the guy or girl will get on there and they'll say after all these years, I downloaded this app, and I'm finally in a healthy relationship. Nobody says healthy relationship. It's healthy relationship. There's like this stress on stretching the syllables. Healthy relationship. So uh, that's what we're calling it nowadays. So we've been giving you a lot of content ever since the beginning of this podcast on how to achieve a healthy, holy, godly, spiritual signs and signals, glorified, sanctified, will of God, find faith, find joy, find love, happy, happy, happy dating engagement, wedding and marriage. Look, I believe wholeheartedly what it says in the book of Proverbs. He who finds a wife finds a very good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. And uh, I'll tell you why this is on my mind, because I've been getting more and more questions about it, a lot of feedback. It's one of our hot topics that we bring to this show. But also, this week, I will celebrate, well, 13 years ago this week, I proposed to the lovely sister G. I did. We had uh, we met in July 2012, became official, you know, you got to do that, in August of 2000, or excuse me, 2008. We met July 12th, 2008 and became official August 30th, 2008. It only took about uh, 40 days there for us to, to realize that we were good for each other and we should change our relationship statuses on Facebook. Well, 2009 came. I would have liked to have been married by then, but you know, these things take time. You got to prepare and do this or that and the other. So, uh, we agreed for an engagement time late in 2009 and then uh, getting married in the spring or summer of 2010. 
That's really good. Yeah, we were married May 22nd, 2010. So that was a good time period from the time we met to the time we got married, 21 months, right? Well, in, in, in between all that, we had to get engaged. You got to do an engagement, right? So I proposed we were engaged on September 25th, 2009. That's right. You know, I knew I knew Sister G was the one pretty quick into that uh, dating relationship. That's what it's all about, right? Uh, we had a lot of open conversation, sharing hopes, sharing dreams, trying to figure out if we could be uh, that special person for each other, uh, the husband and wife thing, without really saying it. You know, we were in love without even telling each other we were in love. We wanted to get married without even saying we wanted to get married. But you got you got to have passive, open conversation with this stuff. Uh, you need to talk about where what you want to do in life. You need to talk about where you want to live. You need to talk about the kids. You need to talk, of course, about the church stuff. You need to talk about everything. Just just get it out there. you know. It, and you're not going to hurt yourself doing that. You're going to help yourself. What will hurt yourself is when you fall in love uh, without going over those things because then you're going to find out all kinds of things about that person uh, during your engagement, and, you, and you're probably going to break it off, which which is just sad. Which is just sad. Absolutely horrible when something like that has to happen. But get it all out there on the table. Passive, open conversation uh, is when I call it. So, yeah, we passively opened up our, <laughs> our, our, our lives, our minds, and our hearts to each other. And generally, people will never repeat that stuff. You know, you keep that together. I, I think in general, people kind of respect that. That's just a rule that goes without being said. You don't tell other people what somebody you're interested in is wanting to do uh, with their lives. You don't tell somebody their uh, their their secrets. That's that's a good thing uh, to do. I've I've certainly learned that. And really, uh, had to uh, reassess a lot of my behavior uh, with all of that. You know, before Sister G and things like that. But anyway, what I'm trying to say to you is conversation. Talk about stuff. Get to know each other. That's what Sister G and I did. So I told her I want to know what kind of ring you want, and I didn't want to try to guess because I don't know women's fashion. I don't know what girls like. Some guys do, and if you if you do, uh, that that is kind of concerning to be honest with you. But I didn't know women's fashion. I didn't. So uh, we we went ring shopping um, around. It was uh, August. Uh, we were celebrating our one year being official, late August, and uh, we went to uh, the diamond ring store. And she picked it out. I said, "Okay, why don't you go for a walk and buy yourself something?" And then I made a deal uh, with the salesman there, and I bought the ring. So for that next month, I was trying to plan a surprise. You know, how am I going to surprise? Well, we, we dated long distance. Uh, we were over 400 miles apart. It's kind of difficult to do a surprise. You like that and stuff. So I decided I would surprise her uh, at her house. And we had it on the schedule. She was going to drive down from Minnesota to Kansas City on September 25th to be with my family, my church, me that weekend. Well, I drove up there and surprised her. So yeah, I, I made an arrangement the day before I got into town uh, with her pastor and her dad. And uh, separately, I talked to both of them, uh, you know, opened the conversation, I want to marry Anna. <laughs> and I was prepared uh, to answer whatever questions they may have, but they all saw it happening. And uh, it was great conversations, got their blessings, which you should get from uh, pastors and fathers. Uh I got that, and um, you know, I checked into the hotel. Thankfully, nobody saw me. I drove out and uh, to the ring store. I was so paranoid somebody would see me and text, 
Sister G and say, hey, I just saw Justin. He's in town. Yay. <laughs> you know, so I had to keep my head down, wore a hat. Thankfully, nobody saw me, but I walked right into the, the, the Mall of America. It, I was, that was, that had to have been God. Mall of America is massive. You ever been there? Huge, beautiful mall. And I thought, I don't know where to park. I don't remember how to get to this place. I'm going to walk in there and have to walk for five miles before I find the ring store. But I parked and uh, just walked right in and bam, there was the ring store. I thought, thank you, Jesus. Walked in there, got the ring. I went back to uh, the hotel on the way there. I picked up a bunch of, of roses. So I had the ring. I had the roses. I also bought her a real nice purse. Real nice purse. And I, I think I got her something else. I can't remember. But I, I mean, I was just loaded with stuff to ask her to, to marry me. So I got the, the, the pastoral blessing. I got the, the dad blessing. I got the ring. I got all this. And I'm sitting there in the hotel room. And I am just like, I can do this. <laughs> I mean, I was so nervous. And that next morning, I, I drove up uh, down the street at about 5 a.m., sat there in the dark till I saw the garage door open. And she backed out. Her car was about to drive. And as soon as she was about to t- turn to drive to Kansas City, she looked up and saw her boyfriend with a bunch of flowers, a big old purse, some other things, and a beautiful, shiny engagement ring. And she got out of the car. And, you know, I'm a talker. There's a lot of things in life I'm not good at, but one thing I know how to do is talk. I, I'm very rarely without words. I've always got something to say. And I tell you what, it was one of the few times in my life I was actually, it was so difficult to talk. But, you know, my heart was just so full of love in that moment. I just loved Sister G. And I asked her, can you find it in your heart to be my wife? I mean, and with tears gushing out of my eyes, and she said yes. And uh, we got back in, in my car, and I drove her to Kansas City. And we had a great weekend here. And, and then I drove her back home when the weekend was over, and I came back to Kansas City. And so, yeah, that happened September 25th, 2009, and then we were married May 22nd, 2010. Our, you know, God gave us a good love story. It, it's the the story, you have to go back and listen to our past relationships episodes. Uh, it's really made a difference in a lot of people. And my idea is if we can have faith for healing, we can have faith for miracles, we have faith for the supernatural, why can't we have faith for our, our marriage? Gotta have faith for your marriage. There is no place on earth like the land of Israel. And I am hosting a tour along with Dr. Art Wilson, this coming November 2022. November 2022. You know, they just unearthed evidence that would suggest that Sodom and Gomorrah were burned up by a massive meteor. I was just reading about it on the news this morning. It is absolutely crazy. The question is, has Sodom been found? Scientists say a meteor and fire from the sky melted an ancient city. Scientists in modern-day Jordan have uncovered evidence of a giant meteor exploding in the atmosphere nearly 4,000 years ago that could account for the biblical story of Sodom and Gomorrah. When it comes to Israel, there's no telling what they'll unearth. They're finding new things literally every day. And probably from the time of this recording until we actually go, our itinerary may change because they, <laughs> they may find something absolutely astounding. But so much is there. You get to go and see it with your own eyes, the antiquities, the ruins, 
of biblical places and biblical objects. So I hope you'll plan on going. We're getting a lot of questions about traveling, especially with a vaccine and things like that. Hey, I completely uh, understand it uh, just between you and I. I have not taken the vax yet, and I'm just a little bit skeptical about it. And as of right now, to get into Israel, you have to take the vaccine. But don't worry. we got a lot of time between now and then, and a lot of the regulations may loosen up. You just never know. And, and as of right now, only uh, 30, 30 can go in groups. So a lot of these big caravan tourist groups, whatever, they're having to really cut down as of 30 right now. So I was planning on about 40 or 50. So even that may change. Who knows? But keep your eyes on it. If you want to go ahead and uh, put down the deposit, you know you want to go do it. We're going. Uh, I, as far as I'm concerned, nothing is going to stop us. And there's a lot of little things you can do uh, in the event of a cancellation. It just depends on the package that you buy. But check it out, samsontours.com, samsontours.com. Scroll down till you see my face, my name, along with Brother Wilson's name, Brother Stone King's name, and you'll see our guide, Ayers Berkovitz. Check it out. We want you to come. It's going to be a great time. For more information, to stay up to date, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Justin C. Gleason. And scream out loud with the I just believe in faith, faith for finding the fiance, faith in finding that woman that you want to marry. And I know I'm saying this from the male perspective because that's what I am. That's what I know. But I think it requires faith even also on uh, the bride's side to have faith. You know, he who finds a wife finds a good thing like we've been talking about, and obtains favor from the Lord. The guy has to go find her, and the girl has to want to be found. Uh, The girl can't really be hiding. She's got to be easily visible. The guy can't give up. He's got to keep on searching. You know, you have not because you ask not. It says in that same verse, seek and you will find. You know, what's the first thing God gave to Adam? You know, I know he he names all the animals and stuff because God said name all the animals. He did the work of God before he was married. But after naming all the animals, after searching all over creation, there was no suitable helpmeet found for him. So what does God give him? A bride. That's right. He says, lay down and rest. Trust me. And when Adam awoke... Wham, there she was. And that's, I think that's kind of like how it is for godly men that follow the Lord, trust God. You have to do something for God first. Adam was commanded to name the animals, give identity 
to the things that he had dominion over. And God does the same thing for a lot of guys. The reason why you're married is because you have not gotten your education yet. You know you're supposed to. Some guys, you have not gotten married yet because you have not gotten the career that you are supposed to. God is waiting on you to do something, something productive, something meaningful, because marriage is the most meaningful thing you'll ever do that pertains to this life, not the life to come, this life. Maybe there's something you got to do first. I don't know. Yep, that's right. You got to do something. You know, finding a wife is different nowadays than it was back then in the Bible days. They did a lot of arranging of marriages. Very few cultures still do that to this day. But as their child grew, maybe their child was about seven, eight, or nine, maybe even a little bit younger, maybe a little bit older, parents would meet with other parents and they would make an arrangement, an agreement, a contract, literally, that when their children came to the age of marriage, typically boys about 17, 18, girls about 15, 16 usually, just whenever they were ready to go, you know, uh, they'd left childhood, puberty, all that, ready to get married. They would make an agreement, and nothing could tear up that agreement. Once it was made, it was made. You know, the only reason they would ever tear up a, a, a betrothal agreement is if maybe perhaps uh, the guy found out that the girl was no longer a virgin. Uh, she had sold her virtue for some a Gentile up the road or something like that. Then they could tear it up, right? Well, nowadays we really don't do arranged marriages anymore. You know, I, there's pros and cons to everything in life, right? You think about this, an arranged marriage, you were going into your adult years without any pressure on yourself to make it happen. The decision had already been made. And yeah, you didn't know each other, but how well do you know the person you've been dating the last two years? <laughs> yeah, you know him a little bit, but let me tell you, there's a whole lot to learn after you get married. Nowadays, everybody goes in blind into their adulthood. You don't know who you're going to marry. Very few nowadays do you marry somebody you grew up with. Normally, you meet them in college or you meet them at some uh, church event somewhere, whatever, or maybe you meet <laughs> online. Hearing a lot about that now, these websites. Uh, social media, things like that. And that's fine. Hey, meeting somebody is meeting somebody. All kinds of ways to begin a healthy relationship. But we're now we're blind. And you know what's requiring what it's requiring more of nowadays? It's faith. It is faith to find that fiance. It is faith to get engaged. And it is faith to marry. Faith is a major thing. Faith will keep you from sin. Faith has its way when you have it. It has its way of giving you good and proper judgment, okay? I know marrying, the first thing that a lot of single people think of, what do they think of? The S word, sex, yeah? Well, if that's on your mind, you need to read 1 Corinthians 7 because it gives a lot of warnings to single people out there that got that being the forefront of their mind and the only thing on their mind. The Bible does say in 1 Corinthians 7, if one cannot contain, meaning if one uh, cannot keep himself from immorality, fornicating, he said, it is better to marry than to burn. Okay, But he said, the present distress, you're going to have a lot of trouble in the flesh if you get married 
for this reason or other reasons similar to that. And that's why I think God hasn't given a lot of people a, a spouse yet is because that's all they're on, on their mind and God is wanting to save them from trouble. That's why your pastor isn't giving you the blessing. That's why your parents aren't giving you the blessing. That's why you feel still feel like you're an eighth grader even though you're like uh, 39 years old and you can't get married. Probably because you've got the wrong motives and your motives would lead you to a lot of trouble as the Bible says. And, and think about this. What if a guy goes up to a girl and says, hey, you want to get married? Because if I don't, I'm going to burn, baby. <laughs> I cannot contain, you know. <laughs> Can I get to know you? <laughs> I can't contain. Oh, my God. She's going to say, ew, get away. All right? So it's a, it's a major turnoff if that is all, that's all on your mind. That's an extra bonus. That's an extra benefit. Oh, no, it is about building a life together. <laughs> you know, it's it's fall time. You know what I was out doing earlier today? Uh, throwing down some seed in my lawn and watering it. You want to know what my wife was doing? Taking care of the kids in the house, you know? Sometimes it feels like she does what she does, I do what I do. But you know what? It all works together. It all works together. It's about building a life keeping a life, having a ministry together, bringing children into the world together. You know, that, that's that's what it is. These two shall become one flesh, operating together as one. So let's talk about some practical, I guess, aspects to how do you know you're having faith? Faith for a fiancé. Uh, faith is simply, uh, it's just like the Bible says in the book of Hebrews. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. I know when we preach that, it's, you know, we're preaching to uh, the sinners out there to, to see that Jesus named baptism is how to get baptized and then filling up the Holy Ghost or, you know, the sick need healing. And I preach that, but I think it applies also to marriage. Takes faith. You can't see it, but you know God can. And you are believing God to bring you and her together. And you have to do your part by preparing yourself and trusting that God will do his part, the supernatural stuff. So this is why I preach this stuff on this podcast, because it also says in, in the Bible, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And I hope with this episode, my goal is and what I've prayed for is that it would inspire faith in people who are single, eligible to get married. To have faith for a God thing to happen. I want you to hear this. I want you to believe it. This is why I do this podcast, a lot of it. it's, And we talk about dating, engagement, weddings and marriage and stuff. So let's talk about some of the signs that the person you're interested in, the person that's there, that God is arranging that marriage. Signs that you've had faith and God is honoring that faith and a miracle is happening. Number one, this, your relationship needs to be lining up with Scripture. It's never going to be the will of God for an apostolic to marry a non-apostolic. It's not there because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 7 that you can marry but only in the Lord. You need to marry but only in the Lord. Now, if you marry somebody outside of the church, can your marriage be sanctified? Yes, it can. But is that ultimately what God wants? Probably not. You need to marry in the Lord. So that, that's a good place to start. Is this person, you know, share the same values as you? 
same conviction, same everything. A marriage is complicated enough. You don't want to marry uh, your oneness and their Trinitarian. You don't want to marry that. It's going to complicate it even more. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we could really dive deep into this stuff, but you know what I am talking about, okay? All right, so, some of you grew up in a, in a church where it was like Sunday morning, Sunday night religiously. Then maybe some of you, since COVID-19, you've moved to only Sunday morning and dating them. It's like, you know, we have to go to church on Sunday night. You know, that could be a... Ma- you know, all that stuff. Okay, you need to be in in the same frame of mind when it comes to your faith, your spirituality. That is major, and that's huge, especially when the kids come along. What do you want the kids to believe? And you see this happen with girls who marry guys outside of the church. You know, they don't come around church, and then the kids come, and they realize, oh, I don't want my kids to go to hell. You know, I want them to be saved. So the, the wife starts bringing the kids back to church, and the, and the husband's like, why are you going to church? I didn't want to marry a holy roller. So avoid that by marrying in the Lord. Uh, the next three things that I, I preach hard, and I just podcast really hard, are three major things is when you are with this person, dating this person, in a relationship with this person, assess your walk with God. Has your walk with God increased or has it decreased? Do you find yourself more interested in God or less interested in God? Do you find yourself wanting to be more involved in church or less involved in church? Do you find yourself uh, pursuing more righteousness or a lot less righteousness when you're with this person? So that's a good indicator. If they are motivating you to walk with God, to pray more, to read the word more, be involved in church more, that is a good sign that faith is there. Uh, what about this? Are they motivating you to improve yourself? You know, do you do you aspire uh, to not just flip burgers the rest of your life, but maybe flip houses? Big money in that. So, are they inspiring you to improve yourself? Not only uh, career, uh, money stuff, health, health wise, everything. They should motivate you to want to improve yourself. Everything about yourself, from your personality. Uh, to maybe how you dress. I, I don't know. That's funny. A lot of a lot of guys, you know, they don't care about what, how their hair looks or what they wear, but all of a sudden they find a girl that they like, woo, they start slicking their hair back and actually iron their shirts. <laughs> Those are good signs. They want they make you want to improve yourself. That's a good thing. You want to carry that into a marriage, right? And then thirdly, are do you are you losing your individuality? Because marriage, that's that's what you go, you're gonna learn your first year of marriage. You have to lose your individuality to become one. It's about making decisions and doing life together. So are you improving spiritually? Are you improving as far as motivation to improve yourself? And are you losing your individuality? If those three things are there, it's a good sign you're headed in the right direction uh, with this person. Now, there's a lot of other details, but usually they stem from those. Those are the top three that I've seen. Uh, With faith, I have found out with faith... If it feels forced, it's not faith. Faith doesn't force. Faith just happens. Uh, faith is something you can't see. If you can see it coming, then there was no faith. Faith makes things kind of appear out of nowhere. It just like just happens. And so if you like got it in your mind that she is the one, 
Uh, where's the faith? <laughs> you can see it happening. You're trying to make it happening. Girl, you're looking at the, at that guy. I, I, I can see it right now. You're a student at Bible college, and you're looking across the, the classroom, and, oh, that guy is so hot. He must be my future husband because he's so hot. Uh, holy God, help this hot guy become my husband. <laughs> That's not faith. <laughs> it's not faith. Not saying that they're not the one, but where's the faith? It kind of just, boom, it just happens. That's faith, okay? Um, I just want to throw this in here. People who tend to have a good relationship with their pastor tend to marry very well. Uh, just That just popped into my head to say that. Faith will motivate you to develop a good relationship with your pastor, maybe some of you girls, your pastor's wife. I don't know what it is, but having a good relationship with them. And you know, you can't just walk up to your pastor, you know, you've avoided him your whole life. When he is moving through the altar praying for people, you run to the back, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I want to get married. You want to set up a three-hour appointment with him. Not happening. That is not going to help you get married. You should seek to have a relationship with a man of God or woman of God in your life. Having their blessing and their favor. People just tend to marry very, very well. I've just seen it happen. I recently connected with uh, Jonathan Howard on Instagram. And Jonathan has a new podcast. It's on Spot in Your Eye. I'm not sure if he's on Apple Pie yet, but definitely on Spot in Your Eye. Cool stuff. Does a monologue just like me and just opens up what he is seeing, what he is feeling about. Really God, Bible, and church stuff. My kind of podcast. And after he and I chatted a little bit about podcasting and things like that and sharing ideas back and forth, it went like an hour later, a nice apostolic lady followed me on Instagram. And like I'm sure you do, I went to her profile and looked and I saw pictures of her and Jonathan Howard. And I quickly came to the conclusion that this was Jonathan's girlfriend. <laughs> And I DM'd him back and I said, dude, your healthy relationship just followed me. <laughs> He's like, yes, that, that is her. And he kind of told me a little bit about their story. You know, I look I look at Jonathan Howard and his GF, his, well, girlfriend. Nowadays, it's mostly called around here the HR, the healthy relationship. And it just works. I, I just, I, I look at the, I'm looking at him right now on my phone. It just works. Faith, faith has its way of like, you know, you can't see it happening now, but there's just something about the future that you just, and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying anything here. Their relationship is their business, but it just works. I look at the pictures, every picture they take, they're with their youth group. I see church stuff everywhere in their stories. And it's, it's not like, Here's us, you know, and they're a hot couple. I mean, his girlfriend is lovely, and, and John's a delicious man. A lot of times, these couples that, they're, they're, you know, they're like so glamorous. They become so cool, you know, that, you know, on youth trips, they're sitting in the back of, of the van and, like, won't talk to anybody else. They're at camp of conviction, and they won't worship or pray or whatever. They're too busy holding hands. <laughs> it's like no other friends, and it's just weird. I don't, I don't see that with them. And I don't see them rushing anything. There's things that got to get done, you know, but it's it's a healthy Pentecostal relationship. That's how it works. There's faith there. 
I, I can just see the, the, the favor of, of friends and family, pastoral leadership, all of that. It just works. Recently, we had our, our missions conference. Oh, and and uh, go check out Jonathan Howard's podcast, and I think you'll really like it. He's headed for great things, as I hope I am. I haven't been doing this very long, but uh, bless God, we're, we're making a move for it. But yeah, it's great stuff, and I, and I, and I wish him and his HR very uh, a lot of blessings. Uh, uh, where was it? Oh, yeah, uh, we had a, a, a missions conference at our church, and brother and sister Sherry, Jonathan and Darla Sherry were there. Uh, sister Sherry's been a part of our church for a long time, even before uh, she married brother Sherry. And I remember her and brother Sherry, before they got married, okay, I'm sure they wouldn't mind me telling you this, they were... Over 30, but under 40. You know, not a lot of people get married in that age. A lot of people do it before 30, but God structures our lives differently and our ministries differently. He does it for everybody, right? Now, some people don't get married until they're in their 40s, 50s. God bless them. It, it, it's, it's just, it's, it's a personal decision, right? But uh, uh, I believe the Sherry's, if I remember right, this, this was years ago, you know. She went to Because of the Times... And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Brother Sherry comes up and asks her on a date. And they got to talking. You know, they're both single. She loves missions. He loves missions. And in just like one date, it because of the times they realized uh, God is in this. And we're into this. And uh, our families are probably going to be into this. And then they found out their pastors were into this. And they got married, I don't, I don't know, maybe like that summer, like five, six months later. I mean, it just works. It was faith, F- seeking, finding, ready to be found. God was in it, and, and they're missionaries and got kids. You know, God did it. It wasn't nothing that was forced into, into happening. And I'll never forget, Sister, uh, it, it was Darla Ford then, now Darla Sherry. She got up and testified to the church. You know, uh, her fiancé, before they got married, Jonathan and Sherry, they were at our church visiting. She got up and, and testified, and she looked at all the youth group. And she said, young people, when God does it good, he does it very good. Now, obviously, that was done to be to be a little bit humorous. But you know what? It's true. And I'm looking at this now. Now, I have, haven't been married now for, for over 10 years. Now, when God does something good, he does it really good. I mean, my wife and I, we got, we got the cars. We got the house. We got two little kids. We got a baby on the way. Church is awesome. It, you know, God's just doing good things. Life together is so good. That's why the Bible says it's not good for a man to be alone. I was alone. Sister G was alone. And God brought us together. The Sherry was alone. Sister Sherry was alone. God brought them together. Faith. Seeking. Finding. That's how this stuff works. I'm Justin C. Gleason, and I know what I'm talking about because I've lived it and experienced it. Okay, let's look at some. You know what? I'll just let's just do one question here. This is this is a good one. It's kind of unique. This was sent to me by a lady listener. We'll call her Sister H to Justin C. Gleason at gmail.com. She said, "Hey, brother Gleason, I am a loyal listener to your podcast and enjoy your material on marriage." Hmm. I am eighteen years old and not looking for a relationship right now, 
During this season of my life, I am learning a lot through podcasts hey, and observing the lives of my parents and my church family. I am learning more and more about marriage. However, I do have a question that I would like to submit. By the laying on of hands, I have received the gift of prophecy. When looking for a partner, should I seek out someone with the same gift? Or how should I approach dating? With thanks, Sister H. Hmm. Well, uh, first of all, I like this. You're 18 and you're not looking. That's good. And most girls shouldn't look. Most girls need to be have the attitude of I'm available. You know, attraction. That's how it works. Guys should be the one looking. Okay. I like that. Just just learning. I just mm. applause, Sister H. Just learning. You need to be doing that. Looking, observing, taking notes, gathering information. That's all a part of preparing yourself. A study precedes success. Preparing yourself is how you prosper. And I think studying uh, your family, your parents, uh, your pastor, his uh, his wife, or uh, uh, your pastor and her husband, <laughs> whatever kind of church you come from, uh, looking at couples that you really esteem, and even asking them after church one night, hey, how did you two meet? How did it work out? Hearing somebody's story is a great way to learn. And it's something because couples love to talk about how they got married. They really do. They'll open up and talk. That'll turn into a two-hour conversation if you're not careful. So, yeah, keep studying. That's good. Okay, you somebody laid hands on you and you received the gift of prophecy. Well, that's how the gifts of the Spirit are imparted. I like that. I believe in that. I'm a big fan of prophecy. But uh, I'm willing to, actually, I'm not willing to bet, but if I was a betting man, I would willingly bet that the, that the person that <laughs> laid hands on you is a guy that you're interested in. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That happens a lot. You see, <laughs> you see that happening, guys. They see a girl they like, and before going up and, and smiling, saying, hey, or can we go out on a date? And they come up and they lay hands on them and prophesy and pray over them. It's all code for you are gorgeous <laughs> and I would like to date you. <laughs> you know, because you put God into it. How can she say no, right? Mm. Let me tell you, a lot of creeps are coming into the church under the guise of trying to find their ministry. Really, they're just trying to get married. Watch out for that. Watch out for those single guys that just all of a sudden church hop across town. Seems like for no reason. They're looking for a wife. Those guys really ever last in that congregation, let me tell you. Okay, but in all seriousness, to answer your question, um, you know, it's, you know, if you marry a guy that uh, prophecy flows through him, I think that's great. But I don't necessarily think you need to go searching for that. I don't, but if that's really what you want, pray about it. Maybe God will send it your way. I think, in, in my opinion, um, I, because, Sister G and I are very opposite, bipolar opposite, uh, opposites attract. And what I'm good at, uh, I do it well. What she's good at, she does it well. And us two work together as one, you know, to, to form a, a single unit, a married couple, a husband and wife forming one, you know, things that I'm terrible at, oh, Sister G's good at. Things that I'm really good at, Sister G's not terrible at, but maybe she's not as good as me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They work together. 
so I let me tell you this. Sister G can pray people through to the Holy Ghost. Far, f- far better than I can. I don't, she gets around somebody seeking for the Holy Ghost. It's like, boom, me. Takes a little bit of work. Uh, healing. I've seen a lot of people healed. Now, she's prayed for people and they're healed, but it seems like it's more stronger in me. So that's just an example. And I think uh, both of them working together are good. Um, uh, let me give you a secret. I am more comfortable talking in front of 100 people than I am one person. I don't really, I can talk to people one-on-one, counsel, I do it all the time. But I'm more comfortable and enjoy, uh, you know, and speaking in front of an audience, public speaking. I'm more comfortable in public speaking than I am private speaking. My wife is quite the opposite. Now, she can preach, she can teach, she's a phenomenal speaker, but she's more comfortable. And, I th- and you know, she would say she's more effective and feels like more in her element in a, in a private setting with, with somebody. So those are two things that are opposite, working together to do amazing things for God. So that's just an idea, but then again, God may have you uh, marry a guy who, who had somebody lay hands on him and he started prophesying up a storm, and you two are going to be uh, prophet and prophetess, and I reached this generation. I hope that helps you. I hope that helps somebody else that's wondering the same exact thing. I'm Justin Gleason. Uh, let's go. Let's get married. How about that? Have faith to get married. <laughs>